This is a Spirit of Truth Radio Network original program. It seems almost biblical that a shepherd of cattle would be called by God to be a shepherd of his lambs, or fisher of men. This episode is about a young man's journey from his cultural traditions to the priesthood of the Catholic Church. This episode is about faith in the face of poverty. In many ways, it is faith from the ground up. Joining me along the way to share his story is Father Francis Adine. Father, welcome. Thank you it is, so much. It is so nice to meet you, Father. Uh, you're friends with a, a, a good friend of mine, Pat, uh, Pat King, who is uh, yes. all, all the way out there in, in Idaho and has, has been a, a tremendous uh, resource for the show of late. Father, you come from yeah. Ghana. Yes. Tell me what that's like. Tell me what it's like to be a Catholic in Ghana. Thank you so much. Uh, before I proceed, I would like to uh, thank the Bishop of uh, the Diocese of Boise, Most Reverend Peter Christensen, the parish priest of the Our Lady of the Valley and his curate, the Knights of Columbus, of the Our Lady of Valley and the entire parishioners, the family, in fact, I have found a family in Idaho in uh, the parish. I've been received so well, I feel at home and I'm so grateful to all of them. And all this through my friend, Pat King, and I'm so grateful for the welcome, the reception and everything. Wow. Pat's a, so, great, Pat's a great guy. Yes. Then to answer your question, you, you're asking how did I become a Catholic in Ghana? Yes. Yes. Uh, actually, I was not a Catholic in Africa, particularly in Ghana. We have what we call African traditional religion. African traditional religion is a religion that we believe in our ancestors, our great, great grandfathers. And we have what we call the smaller gods we sacrifice to them and they represent our ancestors. So before you could make that, you usually mold it and then you sacrifice to it, use animals, the blood, you slaughter the animal and use the blood on it, or you can uh, use flour, depending on what you are capable of doing. But before you do that, you need to go and do what we call soup saying to find out from the gods. If the gods, if they say yes, you need to build your great grandfather and sacrifice him or your father who died some years ago and sacrificed to him, you have to do that. And these gods, they, 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 they intercede for a family. They protect the family. They take care of the family members and will believe that once you sacrifice to them, they take care of you. Before we go out to begin sowing, when the rains come, we sacrifice to them and ask for good uh, planting season that after that, if we are going to harvest, we, we, we consult them. And after harvesting, 
we have to sacrifice to them to thank them for the yield we've gotten. So this is the religion that I was born into. Okay. My whole family was into this. And that is the religion I was brought up with. But then, uh, in 1997, October 1997, that was when I got converted to the Catholic Church. And this is how I got converted. October is the month of the Holy Rosary. And in my community called Kumbosco, is in uh, Ghana, the northern part of Ghana, in the Upper East region, in the Navrongo Volgatanga Diocese located in a, a town called Volgatanga. But that, my village is now within the town called Volgatanga and which is called Kumbosco. And so the Christians used to bring the uh, statue of a mother Mary and also to pray the rosary during October. And I was, by then, I was a shepherd. I wasn't going to school. I, I was following uh, a cattle and sheep because I had left schooling and told my parents I was not ready to go back to school. So I just wanted to be a shepherd. And that is common in the culture. Many children, even as I speak, do not go to school. Hmm. And and yeah, they just say they don't want to go to school. And that that was that that was common. And so I said I was not going to school. I was just going to follow my cattle. And that was what I was doing. So following the cattle, I knew so many things about the culture and all that. And so the culture also adores God in dancing. So the, the Christians used to come and pray the rosary and they, they used to play the local drum. And that was what I was really well versed in. Even I was not a Christian, but I knew how to play it. Mm -hmm. So when they came and they were playing, they needed somebody to help them. And I just came there just to see what was ha happening. I wasn't a Christian with my friends. So my uh, sister, the two of them, yeah. they, of course, they asked me, they told them that they should tell me because I could play. So when they informed me, I said, okay, I would play. So I helped them to play and they prayed the rosary, they danced and it was so beautiful. So that it was a Saturday and the next day was Sunday. And usually when we have such programs, people bring their offerings like uh, millet, maize, granites and all that so they brought them they were to send them to church the next day sunday so my sisters again asked me to uh, help them play and they'll go to church so i agreed so i played and then went to the church so when we got to the church and uh, i entered the church the first thing that i saw was the priest he's called reverend father gabriel atedor celebrating mass with mass service and they were in red i still remember it very well so i told my sister that i would like to be like these small boys with a big man and if possible i would like to be like that big man there that was the beginning of my call so i would say that i mean that of course it started with the rosary but that is how it progressed so my sister said, okay, after mass, she would talk to uh, the leader of the mass service. So when she spoke to the leader, the leader asked whether I was in school. 
And my sister said, no, I was a shepherd because I was following cattle. And then uh, he said, no, then that wouldn't be possible because in their meetings, they usually have their, their discussions in English. And so if I was not in school, I couldn't uh, be able to follow because I wouldn't understand. Right. So that compelled me to go back to school in 1997. So when I went back to, I went back home, I told my parents I wanted to go back to school. My parents were really surprised that now I have decided myself to go back. Yeah. And by then I was already grown. I would say I was around 15 years, 2007. Yeah. Uh, I mean, two, 2000, uh, uh, I mean, 1997, I was around 15 years. So they, they said, okay. I sh that is good. So I went back to school to class five. As a grown up, I just went, I went to class five. But I think because of that kind of zeal, I was studying hard. Then I finished the primary school. I went to the junior high school. Then I completed and took uh, an entrance exam to the minor seminary of the diocese, my diocese, Navrongo Balgatanga diocese. The seminary is called Notre Dame Major Seminary Secondary School. And I passed and I went. So in the seminary, minor seminary, I was also influenced by the priest and by the, uh, the sisters and by the events, circumstances. Yeah. So when I completed, I passed. In fact, in the school, my mind was I wanted to do medicine. So I wanted to do science. So I'll go further to do medicine and become a doctor. Yeah. But I think that was still not the plan of God. So what happened was that when I started the science for one year, I wasn't happy. I was always sad. So I went to the priest, the headmaster yeah. or director and told him that I wanted to change after one year. So he was surprised that I wanted to change. May he rest in peace, Father Simon, so and so forth. But finally, he he reflected over it and he said, "Okay, to allow me change." But I, was I going to repeat? Or and I said, "No, Father, I wouldn't like to repeat." Then he said, "How could you manage? You don't have the whole year, the the lessons for the whole year. How could you just join second year?" And I said, "Father, I believe my God will help me." So he agreed, and then he allowed me. So I went to form two. And my classmates were surprised. How was I going to cope with just nothing changing from science to general art? And I didn't have anything in general art. And I was going to form two. But I, I kept on. I studied hard, really. And I think God helped me. And I passed. When I, 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 I wrote and passed, my people wanted me like my parents. They wanted me to go to maybe college or university, but I told them I wanted to go to the seminary. Father, let me ask you a question, so, because you said that you went from the traditional African religion to yes. to Catholicism. Now, yes. the rosary, it seems like it was it was an important part of, of, of your discovery of the Catholic faith. Which, yes. How, how did your how did your spirituality grow? And because it seems like you had a lot of trust in God, 
as you entered yes. into the seminary. Yes. Yes, my spirituality actually grew as a result of my contact with Christianity. Coming to know the rosary, and I, I believed in the rosary so much, and I prayed the rosary, I would say, almost every day. Even there were days that I prayed the rosary three times while I was still in a primary school. Hmm. And I also go, uh, so I also went for other uh, religious uh, uh, activities like the Catholic Charismatic Renewal had programs and went for the mass service meetings. We went for, went for retreats, recollections. Mm -hmm. I joined so many groups. At the, I read in church as a lector, and that also made me really to grow in my Christian faith. Mm. And I involved in so many uh, uh, spiritual activities. Anytime children were going for camping, I would like to go and do any church work, working for the priests in the mission and all that. All those things were the ones that really helped me to grow in my faith. In Notre Dame Minor Seminary, I was engaged in uh, the, the religious activities, and I became like a leader in some of the activities, mm -hmm. and it helped me so much. That's how I progressed in my faith. Yeah, and I would say the rosary is primary. Primary? Uh, yes. Is there a saint that kind of helped you out along the way? Is there is there a favorite saint of yours? My favorite saint, Mother Mary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, Mother Mary is uh, my favorite saint. But of course, my 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 patron saint is Francis of Assisi. Okay. Yes, but always I pray, asking the Blessed Virgin Mary to intercede for me. Yes. Well, we can intercede with um, the Son and God for me to uh, succeed in whatever I do as a priest. Yes, and I'm always happy, and I'm happy as a priest. That's wonderful. You know, Pat King tells me that you're studying in Rome. What is it, what is it you're studying? Yes, uh, in Rome, I'm studying safeguarding. Safeguarding means protection of children and vulnerable idols. Safe environment for children. That is what I'm studying at the uh, Pontifical Gregorian University in Rome. So yes. I, re I recently uh, had a conversation with, with my friend, uh, Father John Wikes from, he's originally from the, the Midwest here in, in the United States, but he's been stationed over there in, in Rome for a while. Okay. He says the food is great. The weather is wonderful. What, what's your perception of, uh, of Rome? Yeah, Rome is nice. Yeah. Rome, I, I, I really enjoy uh, pasta. Yeah, pasta. pasta is my favorite. Yes, I enjoy pasta. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Who doesn't, Father? And, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Rome is uh, it's so it's so nice. Transportation is, I mean, anywhere you you are go, you want to go, it's so easy for you. You don't struggle. Yeah. Rome is a beautiful uh, city. Do you get ever get a chance to go to the the, the Vatican to uh, St. Peter's yes, to yes. go to mass? Yes, yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. A number of times I went. Yeah. The last time was just, I think just uh, yeah early this month we went to the 
St. Peter's to pray for the our late cardinal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure who that died. Who, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Our late cardinal who 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 died, Father uh, Cardinal Richard Bawabre. He is from Ghana. His diocese is just uh, closer to my diocese. We share a border. Okay. So he 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 came to Rome. He was sick, and then uh, finally he passed on. And we 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 gathered as a priest, and bishops and cardinals were there to pray for peaceful repose of his soul. Yeah, mm. Father, there's there's no doubt that Rome in Italy has such you can certainly find the beauty of catholicism in it but tell me a little bit about yes. the beauty of catholicism in your country yes uh, the beauty of catholicism in my country ghana is that the people are yearning for the faith many people are yearning for the faith in my country and particularly my diocese yes and I'm always happy that the people in their situation, they want to experience God. They want to hear the word of God. And I'm always happy to identify myself, myself with the people to work in the communities wherever they are. Because the word of God is the most uh, beautiful thing we can think of here on earth. Yes, knowing God, there's nothing more beautiful than to be with God. And so the people are always happy, and I'm always happy to be with them. They they are faithful. They come to church. Mm -hmm. In our churches, we have so many people. Even we, we don't have churches, but people come in their numbers to pray in their schools. We, 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 we use the government schools on Sundays to pray, or even in communities that we do not have, we just get some structures if we have temporal, temporal structures to pray, or even in some cases, we just meet the people who can stand just like that, either under a tree or something to pray. And that is what touches me, that the people are yearning for the word of God. Mm. Yes. And I, I've worked in my parish for almost seven years before coming to Rome. Mm-hmm. And the people are so faithful. They are so faithful. And that delights me so much. How yes. did being a how did being a shepherd of of this really kinda of sounds stupid, but how did it, you know, how did your experiences as as a shepherd help you as a priest? Yes, I you know the shepherd is when you read the, the Bible, the Gospel of John presents the shepherd, the good shepherd, as somebody who will sacrifice himself for the sheep. And I was a shepherd taking care of a, a cattle and sheep, and rains beat me in our culture once it was during the day. And no matter how heavy the rain was, you were not allowed to bring the cattle into the house. You have to stay with them throughout the day till if it were uh, it had gotten to the night, then you bring them. So as a good shepherd, I didn't run away from them. I didn't say, oh, I was suffering because, because of the rain. I stayed with them, and I also experienced that 
the, the struggle, the beating of the rain, the pain. And then I took care of the cattle so that they will not go wayward. And so I see that becoming a priest, I have been able to, with the help of God, to transport that love for the cattle I had for my flock, who are now the human beings. So I see that I'm called no more to be a shepherd of cattle, but a shepherd of human beings. Yeah, like Jesus told his disciples, you are to become fishers of men. And that I am always happy to, 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 to ensure that my flock, they receive the word of God and the sacraments. What kind of, Father, forgive me, what kind of perseverances are you having as far as persecution? Is there a lot of persecution of, of Christians in, in Africa? Yeah, in Africa, uh, in some places, but in my country, no, uh, Christians are not persecuted in the sense that you are not allowed to worship, no. In Ghana, there's freedom of worship and people worship. So Christians are not stopped from praying, no. Mm -hmm. Yes, but in our families, we still have the, uh, the African traditional religion that I talked about. Mm -hmm. And in those families, children who want to become Catholics or Christians, they could be persecuted because there are some parents do not allow them to go to the church. And so if you are a child and they say don't go and still go, some may kind of deny you certain things. And that is also persecution, but they will not just, uh, uh, you will not see it openly. People are stopping people from going to church or in other things. So I would say Ghana is a peaceful country mm -hmm. and there is uh, liberty in worshiping God. How about your parents? Were they supportive of your decision to become a Catholic priest or, or did they kind of balk at it a little bit? Yes, my, my parents really supported me. me uh, my father died, may he rest in peace. Mm -hmm. He's called Adayana. They, they supported me because of the situation that surrounded me. They wanted me to go to school and I refused. And then I later on came to tell them that I wanted to go to school. So when I told them I wanted to go to the priesthood, they didn't have much challenge because I told them that it was an inspiration from God. And they, they saw how I started. So if God is calling me and you say no, you don't know what will happen to me. So let me go. So they didn't have a problem. However, some of my uh, family members had challenges. Mm -hmm. I had one of my cousins. He uh, and he, I was close to him. He also died. May he rest in peace, mm -hmm. Baba. He also uh, said I needed to go to maybe college, university, or all that. But I explained to all of them that, no, they should understand me. This is a call from God. So what uh, God proposes, man cannot stand against it. So they should allow me to go. Yeah. So that, I would say, my family, they were not really a block or a barrier to my becoming a priest. And when I entered the seminary, they supported me so much throughout my formation, when I became a priest, in fact, the whole village, 
even those who are not Christians, they all came for my ordination. It was so great. I was so happy to see people in their traditional, even drumming and dancing. They are not Christians, but they were just happy that I became a priest in my community. And my family initially, as I said, were not Catholics. But now my family, they're Catholics. And my right. community, my village, is now becoming, I mean, many people are now uh, becoming Catholics. And they are going to open an outstation, a church for my community because of the, the number of Catholics that have grown over the, the, the years. So the, the parish nearby, the parish decided that they needed to open a church for the people to worship. And that will happen on the 8th of January, 2023. How are you, how are you managing that? Is the Knights yes, of Columbus uh, helping at all with that? Yeah, the, 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 the Knights of Columbus, uh, I was working in a different parish called uh, Christ the King Parish, Sandema. And in that parish, uh, I have many outstations. There are 12 of them. And some of them are really far apart. You had to go along this like 15 or 20 miles to get to. So, and that's where I was telling you that we don't even have chairs to sit. The people don't even have chairs to sit in some of the outstations. Mm -hmm. So I discussed it with my friend Pat. And Pat, through the Knights of Columbus, they gave us some money and we made benches for two of the churches. Then we... Uh, one of them, we tried to put start a building for them. So I discussed with Pat, and Pat spoke with the Knights of Columbus once again, and they sent us some money, and we just started the foundation. So we are just at the foundation level. So that was the parish I was working. Uh, but my own village, where I'm talking of, now they're going to open a church for them, that one... Yeah, uh, they they are start, they are also worshiping in a, a school building for Nazare, Nazare children. They don't have a church, yes. And the people are always sitting outside. The last time I went home from the parish I work to my own village, many people were outside because the class could not contain them. So as of now, there is no building. They worship like that, and they just manage. Yeah, so. We pray. We are praying. If we get support, we really help. And they, 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 they started something what we call harvest. They are asking people to give something, contributions, to contribute so that let, they'll start little by little. But for now, uh, they are sitting in a classroom and outside the classroom. Yeah. Father, is there if people hearing this want to help out, is there a place that, that they can go to you know, help to donate? Yes, if if people want to help us, we have uh, the, the diocese of Navrongo Balgatanga. Uh, we have uh, an account number, or they can also give it to the Knights of Columbus through my friend Pat. They have the, the account number. They will, they will pay the money to the diocese, and then my bishop will, uh, will, will, will get it, and then we'll use it to, to support the churches. Yes. What do you what are you in yeah. most need of right now? Yes, right now, as I said, is our if we're able to 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 build uh 
the, some of the churches we have just uh, were beginning. Mm -hmm. Yes, the one, the Knights of Columbus, they are helping. And the one in my own village that I said they are, they are, they have not even started. They are just in the classroom. Yes. Then we we'll make uh, benches for some other outstations that do not even have benches to sit. So these are the main uh, things that we need now. Yes, of course, the things are so many that, but when we, these are some of the things that we need urgently, but there are other things that we like helping poor women and children in the villages. They just have veg virtually nothing. And so what I used to do when I was in the parish was to help these women to do ma macro finance. They could make local drink, our local drinks. They could make uh, weave baskets. They could uh, make our local ingredients. So I will appeal to some friends and they'll give some money. Now give them small, small, over hundred women. And they, they will do that and sell in order to take care of their children in their school and all that. So these are, we are not only praying for them, but we also intervene for their livelihood. So these are the agent things that we, we really will need to do. But there are more things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is family life like in Ghana? Yes, uh, Ghana, we are living uh, in a, an extended family. I'm coming from a family where live where where more than 200 people living in the same house. When I say the same house, it's a big house. They build it. You have the rooms. You know our rooms are built round, 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 round like that. So they are dotted. They are built round. So many, yeah. and the people are living there. We have one ancestor, then who gave birth to so many, and they also gave. And you could have one man marrying two or three or four wives and their children also married. So I came from such a family whereby my own father, my father has one wife, but his brothers had three wives, four wives, and some of them are, are living as I speak. About three, four of them living in the house and their children. So we are, we, we, Africa, it is not just you and your father and your, your siblings, but your cousins your your aunties, your 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 uncles, your nieces, your nephews. So all these people, we 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 we, we support them the little that you can. Education, basic uh, needs, healthcare, clothing, feeding. These are some of the challenges. Yeah. Father, how do you So this is the family life. Yeah, yeah. how do you go like from a you know Catholic viewpoint of marriage to of one woman one man in in a culture that allows multiple you know polygamy yeah that is the challenge that as a priest yeah i'll say i have mm -hmm. because many of us the priests we have or christianity has when it comes to confronting the culture Christianity, Catholicism, we, we say that one monogamy, we preach monogamy, one wife, one uh, husband. Now the culture uh, says, no, you can marry more than one wife if you are capable of taking care of, even though some may not be capable, but they're still married because they see that children 
are the main thing for the, the culture. So if you have many children, they see you as a rich person because the children will farm and will still do manual farming. They farm labor. So if you have more children, they will farm and produce food for you and your family. So men are still interested in what? Producing and also to keep on the generation, procreation, to make sure your family does not die. Yes. So when I, as a priest, I say, no, let us marry one wife. They will say, ah, you, you are from this culture and you are saying this. <laughs> if, if they had not, your grandfather had not married now a number of women, probably it wouldn't have gotten to your father. Maybe he wouldn't have married your, 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 your father's mother. He would have had only one wife and it probably wouldn't have been your great grandmother. So where would you have been? Mm. But we keep on explaining to them that it is not about having many children. It's about the quality. When you bring the children to this earth, you need to take care of them so they don't suffer unnecessarily. Sometimes they are just there and then they, they suffer. As I said, I am a priest. I do not, I'm not a, I don't, I, I'm not a biological father, but I have so many children to take care of because biological parents are not able to take care of them. And working as a priest, I'm called to serve every human being to make sure people don't suffer. The little that I can uh, help, children's education, healthcare, clothing, feeding. So these are, this is the African life. It's not just you alone. Are there a you lot of do, are there a lot of yeah. orphanages in uh, Ghana? Yeah, we have. My 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 diocese, we have we have. Hmm. Yes, yeah. And other 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 diocese, I mean the whole country, will have many orphanages. That's sad. So once a while, we encourage people to, like Christmas, New Year, they can gather some items and go and present to them. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you'd like to discuss? Is there something that, that's on your heart that you'd like to, to talk about? Yes, uh, actually, my uh, what I, actually uh, is in my heart is that seeing the way people are yearning for the word of God and then sometimes the inability to even get the basic things for them, like sitting on benches to pray or getting... Uh, simple, simple, uh, uh, maybe buildings for the, not not just for some of the church that you have big uh, population. They come, but they do not have a place to sit and then pray. They don't have a church, and also these uh, poor women that I really work with and their children. They just have nothing. Sometimes I just feel that if I had this is what and with the spirit of Francis of Assisi. I don't, I want to always identify myself with the poor. And so when I see people suffer like that, they just don't have places to lay even their hairs. Some are struggling, they can't even get food to eat. Children are there, they can't go to school. These are some of the things, usually they really touch my heart. So I go to pray for them and where I think I can support, I support where I cannot. I console them and I pray with them and I encourage them that they should uh, not give up. They should try their best. And I educate them in some of the ways that they can do to sur also survive. They should not just 
expect that somebody will have to come and take care of them, give them something, but they should also do something for themselves. So we teach people how to fish instead of only just giving them fish. Yes. But before you preach in some places, you need to attend to their basic needs like food, clothing, shelter, and all that. Yes. The Catholic Church is it's the biggest... It's the biggest uh, organization of charity out there in the world. And yes, yes. Really, yes. I mean, I think you've really yeah. hit the nail on the head, Father. We've got to go in there and we've got to be charitable. We've got to take, like you said, take care of the needs of the people and be yeah. and be that example of, of Christian love. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I thought the church is doing a lot. My... My bishop, the most reverend Alfred Argenta, the bishop of Navrongo Palgatanga Diocese, he has put many interventions to help the poor, but always, you know, we have limited resources. So you always have others who will not like, I didn't even mention another thing like uh, uh, drilling boreholes for schools. You have some of our schools, Catholic schools, the children do not have water to drink. And huh. uh, so, when it is when they come to school, break time, they are running away to look for water, and they go far. Some end up not coming back because they have to search for water to drink, so it will affect their education. So some of these things, the bishop does a lot, and then some of our college schools boreholes are being drilled for them, but not all. Yeah, and the, 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 so the church is doing much, but definitely the church may not be able to solve. Or, yeah, we still have many challenges. Father, what's the chances of, of Ghana uh, becoming a country that the Knights of Columbus are in? Yeah, I think uh, it's uh, it will be it will be good because Ghana we have uh, similar organizations like the Knights of Columbus and oh, what is and, it? And they are really doing well. We have the Knights of Saint John's. Knights okay. of St. John's, then the Knights uh, of Marshals. Yes, okay. these are the Knights in Ghana. And they also, Knights uh, uh, of Marshals, they started in Ghana. It's actually, at, uh, it's, it started in Ghana. But Knights of uh, St. John's, they are an international organization. Mm -hmm. Yes, and they are, they, are, they are doing well. Yes, so Knights of Columbus, uh, coming to Ghana, it is going to do a lot. Yeah, yes. I, 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 what I I've that... seen here, what I've already seen internationally in the United States, what the Knights of Columbus they are doing. If they come to Ghana, I know they will do a lot for people. Yes, Father, I, I'm, I, I, I really thank you for coming and joining me and, and talking with me. You know tonight, and I, I really, I, pr I hope and pray that you know you get the, the things, just the bare essentials that you need. Yes, I mean, we're okay. we're so lucky here in this country to have four walls to pray in, and benches okay. to sit on. Yeah, you know, um, what I'm really, really moved by is the fact that your people are coming and and and, and praying. They, they are truly the church, the people yes. of the church. And, okay. and you're so blessed, that, and they're blessed to have someone so, you know, spiritual like you leading okay. them, uh, you know, a true shepherd of a man, you know? Yeah. 
So I I, I, thank, th you. I thank you for doing God's work, and I thank okay. you so much for being here with me, Father. Yeah. Our time is is really it's coming kind of close. So I'd like to ask you, would you give us a blessing? Yes, definitely. Yes, yes. So I, I before I do that, I want to thank you so much for the opportunity given me to have this uh, discussion with you. And I thank our listeners and uh, all people. And as I pray, I pray for everybody. And together, uh, as a church, we'll continue to work for the salvation of souls. So we begin our prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father, we thank you so much for this moment. We thank you for our lives. We thank you for the gift of uh, family, the gift of uh, communion, the gift of uh, friendship. And we thank you especially for this discussion. We pray that you continue to bless all that we have discussed, bless the intention that we have, and bless everybody who's listening and keep us to yourself. That together we we'll continue to work for the salvation of souls. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the Almighty God bless you and bless everybody, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen, Father. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you Father. so much. I, yes. I, I hope this this is uh this new year is a great one for you. And uh, I wish yes. you God's peace. And uh, so yes. for my father, I don't even know your last name. My last name, Francis Adagayene. That's my surname. I have three names. Francis Abubire Adagayene. Okay. Francis is my English name. Abubire is my traditional name. Yeah. Adagayene is my father's name. Okay, Father. So, if you want, I will send them to you. Uh, sure. Pat, yeah, you, 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 you should do that so I yeah. can put them in the show notes. But um, oh, okay. we'll have Pat okay. send it to me. But anyways, okay. for my guest, Father Francis, my producer, David Imhoff, I'm down the hall, Dave. Always praying that your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. We'll see you next time. <laughs>